show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. Welcome to the Healthcare Wrap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists. Where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jared Johnson, and I'm here with Peter Balistrieri. How you doing, Jared? Pretty fine. We are teenagers, and we are getting into the middle teens here. This is in the height of uh, middle school, then. <laughs> I do have a middle schooler, actually, which is pretty amazing, so I feel, I feel great. I well, feel then, great. we'll just make the most out of things, you yes. know, like any good middle schooler would. Yes, yes. It's kind of the inside track. It's kind of in, in the trenches. We are your fellow marketers. We're all trying to figure this all out together and we are advocates for you and we enjoy hearing from you. So definitely hit us up there. We're on Twitter at Healthcare Wrap and on the web at healthcarewrap.com. So without further ado, we're, we're just going to move right into today's rap battle from a rainy Arizona afternoon. This is a pretty amazing. So I'm glad you brought that up. It's like historical right now that we're getting some rain. But we are in monsoon season. Yes, we are. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yes. So here we go. Rap battle. Rap Battle! The Rap Battle is our segment where we challenge an assumption that has been holding back healthcare marketing. And today is going to be a very interesting look in the mirror because the assumption that we're challenging today is that what's holding us back in marketing is other people Mm. and other things instead of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And this one might get a little painful, Peter. I'm just warning in advance because we're going to challenge that because I feel like there are some things that are really are holding us back that aren't other people and other things. And where this is coming from is looking back. Again, this was harkening back to time in Yellowstone. I mean, it really was magical. Just getting to think back longer term, thinking back over the last many years about some of the things that I have thought have been holding back marketing in general. And I kept realizing, you know what? Those things aren't necessarily on someone else or something else. They're on me. Two, Two examples that stand out for me. One is blaming a lack of resources or blaming like a lack of budget yeah. you know, for marketing. And another one is blaming executive buy-in. I know those two answers are pretty frequent, pretty common on, on surveys and on social media about what do we feel is holding us back. Mm-hmm. And it, it's frequently tuned to those two answers, a lack of resources and lack of support or buy-in from senior leadership. And believe me, I, I've waved that flag in front of everybody, known to man. And it's this realization of if senior leadership doesn't understand the value of something I'm doing, is it completely their fault? Or do they have the full picture? 
Yeah, do they have the full picture? Yeah. Have I been able to actually quantify it for them in some way that helps them understand it? Have I been able to speak their language? Have I been able to put my finger on it? Or have I just said, hey, marketing's a cost center all the time. So like, you just need to let us do this stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I think that resource one is interesting because I've always approached marketing from a standpoint of I like to be the underdog a little bit. I like to come up, you know, that uh, cliche of getting blood out of a turnip. Uh, I think that's the fun part about marketing is two things is finding new ways, new technologies, new platforms and, and how you can twist them and, and form them into what you're what you're doing using Twitter as a, as a live surgery option, you know, that that kind of stuff. But then also trying to then, you know, understand where things are going and trying to get ahead of it. You don't have to throw money at something to make it good. I mean, if, if you're if you're strategic, sometimes that organic way of getting the word out there, did you learn that? Or did you embrace that more? Because you went into business for yourself for a while, right? I mean, I did. I did. I, I gave my two weeks notice. Yeah. And departed. And it was scary. Yeah. It, it was scary to say, you know what, I'm doing that and I'm not going anywhere else except I'm walking up the stairs. That's my new commute. Yeah. And I've got to, I've got to handle all that myself. I will say that definitely expedited that process. You become resourceful really fast, don't you? Yeah, and all and all along, I will say I think one thing that prepared me for that was being curious about trying new things on the side before that. Back in the day, I'd market some music that I wrote. I was a I was a pianist, and, so, and he's a very good one. So don't let him fool you on that. Oh goodness. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not really actively marketing that anymore. You know, but I just helped you. I marketed it for you through this podcast. I do some guerrilla marketing. Okay, so that's pretty cool. So <laughs> thank you. Because of that, I, I had to learn how to build a mailing list. I had to learn how to build a website. In fact, I had one of the coolest opportunities in my life was to actually perform on the piano at the 2002 Olympics. And the the marketing lesson of that was because the only reason that I got booked for that was because I had a website at the time. It was 2002. Yeah. And crazy at 2002. And it was, it was crazy. And I was one of the few like local acts, you know, of that type of music that they were looking for. And mm-hmm. guy called me up. He's like, yeah, I found your website. I'm like, Oh, and then, you, and then you knew right <laughs> then and there, you're like, this works. And it was one of the coolest experiences of my life. So I actually always remember that from a marketing perspective of what was there. And so <laughs> when I think about what else holds us back, so I'm going to kind of fast forward to, to recent years where I have found myself thinking mm-hmm. of how I can apply previous experience to a current project. And sometimes we can actually get stuck doing that because if we get stuck in the mindset of we are the experts, we're trying to prove ourselves, we've done something a certain way for all these years, so we want to keep doing it the same way, well, we automatically limit ourselves right then and there to new possibilities. And in other fields, I feel like that would be okay. Yeah, But in our field, and how often do things stay the same? I mean, who even knew what responsive web design was five, six years ago? Right. And then who knew how to do it well on top of that? Who knew that you basically had to scrap all of the web learning that you had up until then because the goal up until then was cram as much as you can above the fold and the and you can control exactly what the size of above the fold meant. Right. And now how many different size screens do you have to design for and do you cram everything else in front of it? No, you don't. So if, if you approached responsive web design in recent years the same way and if you if you were resisting it because – he said, I know the right way to do this. We need to cram all this content above, above it, that right. line. And that line is at this point. Well, then it might have taken you a long time to adopt 
responsive web design and be okay with it. So there are so many examples of times when we can get stuck because we want to prove ourselves and show the value of our experience. But at the same time, that can actually be one of the things that's holding us back. Mm -hmm. I agree. We talk all the time about, you know, the status quo. Yeah. Like we're trying to change the status quo. Well, what is the status quo? Like, why can't it stay the same? Why can't we keep doing things the same way? The two opening pieces, the, the budget and executive buy-in. Here's my thought on, on lack of budget in marketing. If I am truly honest, I'm looking in the mirror and I'm saying, man, the executive team didn't understand why we needed to invest in this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's still somewhat on their side of not understanding fully the, the vision of it, but it's just as much my responsibility that I wasn't able to communicate that point and demonstrate some value. And I'm not used to necessarily used to that. I Like I said, old school, I would think, well, marketing's just a cost center, dang it. Like, like yeah. we're just going to be spending money, so like, don't ask us to show the value. And that definitely holds us back. So I, I feel like the, the more we just blame a lack of resources or executives not understanding things, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I agree. And I won't say I've figured out how to exactly solve that all the time, but... I do know that when I feel like I can blame things besides myself, then I'm not going to get any better at getting buy-in and more resources. I agree. I mean, I think it's a lot of times it's it's just taking responsibility. And there there are those situations where, you know, you come up with the greatest idea and there's just no budget. And, or, you know, the, when you came up with it, the budget's been used up and you have to wait. Or maybe you have old school uh, managers or uh, C-suite. That happens. It, it, it certainly happens. I guess I would just say that makes you have to work that much harder to get them to understand that. Or to put extra money into the budget for you know the following year, and to just be able to you know sidestep and pivot a little bit. You know, I agree with you. I would always look inwardly first, and then look for the external reasons. That's that's all I will offer on that because I agree with you. It's a matter of how are you moving your career forward? How are you how are you helping the people that you want to get the message to? You know, it's it's not enough to just say I want to do this because I think it's cool. Or, you know, it's the next, you know, shiny bubble. Is this message, is this mode, is this medium the right place and the right time, right? The essentials of marketing, right place, right time, you know, all those things to the right people. And that, that's essentially what you have to still think about when you're marketing, right? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, so, absolutely. But look inwardly first is, I think, a big part of that. Yeah, I feel you're spot on here. You know, when I think about, yeah, things that have kept me from either keeping up or accepting new ideas. I mean, we want to be able to pull the right things out of our previous experience, but then the value of being adaptable and nimble in today's marketing world cannot be overemphasized. We can't talk about it enough. We can't talk about what that means and how to do it. Another example, I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm just thinking web today, I guess, versus social media, but on yeah. the website, if today, if you try to approach SEO, search engine optimization, the same way you did five, six years ago. <laughs> Google would not appreciate that. Well, and it's more of like, you're going to be wasting your time. Right. Because, I mean, classically, when I learned web development originally, I'm not going to say what year that was, <laughs> but back then it was all about keyword tags, meta tags, right. and stuff in those. Okay, stuffing was like kind of borderline black hat. Everyone way to do did it. it, but yeah. Way to do it. Yeah. But hey, we can put whatever we want on the page and we'll just put popular keywords in the keyword tag and, and that's a, a way to mark up the page and now you're obviously, you're going to get to the top of your Google results page. Yeah, fast forward to now, keyword tags don't even really exist. Right. So if you got in a, a meeting today and said, we've got to do SEO this way because that's the way I used to do it. 
I've got all this history and experience and I know how to do it. Well, there are well, still companies that actually do that, which is crazy. And it's amazing that they're still in business. Content is so important. And what I love about the digital world is it's rewarding you for good content, uh, video and infographics and things that are really helping uh, a user out there, a, a potential patient, a potential family that wants, is going to utilize your services. It rewards content that is usable and has value. I think that's where things are going. And that's what I love about it because it just forces you to think outside of just like stuffing and, and just kind of throwing things out there and throwing against the wall and, and seeing if it works. It almost kind of right. fits in with the with the mantra of marketing right now. It's like you got to have something out there that people want and you got to get it to the right people. And then you will get your SEO. You will get pushed up higher but just make some good stuff and make it for the people that want to see it. It sounds so simple, but yet it's still not happening out there. Right. Yeah, I agree. And we're not we're not by any means trying to simplify SEO and say that that it's necessarily simpler or easier these days. No. But simply the fact that if we limit ourselves and think the way we used to do it is still the way, mm, they like it's. I, I wish it was because it'd be a heck of a lot easier to. Uh, <laughs> It would be way easier to keep up with things, but at the speed that things change, then we just we're just not able to do that. So right. great thoughts, great thoughts. I think we battled that one pretty successfully. I think I there's a lot more to talk about what's really holding us back in marketing, but we'll save that for future episodes and because there's there's a lot more to unpack there. And I think this is just kind of one of the things of of just not not limiting ourselves to those normal excuses. I agreed. I agreed. So hey, we're gonna move on to some freestyle. You you up for that? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you're up for that. <laughs> I am. <laughs> So freestyle is our segment where we are going to try to hopefully build some empathy just really off the top of our heads. We want to look at other points of view uh, for things that are in our marketing world. And today we're actually going to, since we were just talking about the budget, like marketing budget, we're going to talk about the marketing budget from other points of view. And those of you who have listened before know we've got pretty sure it's the world's best top hat of marketing awesomeness. Yes. Yes. So here we go. We're going to reach into the top hat marketing awesomeness. We're going to see which point of view we get to represent for two minutes each. And here we go. Awesome hat. That hat, man. It is one of a kind. It's the world's best. Yes. Okay. So the marketing budget from the standpoint of, we'll switch this up actually. You know what? I don't like that one. I'm going to put it back in the hat. Put it in that. Throw it away. Bring it out. Okay. All right. Oh, sales team. Sales team, the marketing right. budget from the sales team. This All is right. interesting. You want to? Uh, I'll I'll try this one. Okay. You want me to get the timer going here? All right. Go All for right. it. From the sales team. So I'm thinking of the difference between marketing and sales. First off, which sometimes it's the cart before the horse. Sometimes it's the sales team demanding that the marketing team do certain things, mm-hmm. that, which require budget, and they just get to figure out their budget from, you know, out of thin air. And that has led to challenges in the past. Marketing and sales can work together. Sometimes it, it works very well. A lot of times they don't necessarily share the same budget. And so if I'm on the sales team and I'm thinking, hey, marketing needs to do this. Marketing needs to needs to develop an Alexa skill for us. Uh, marketing team needs to do this. They need to have all these, uh, need to implement a full automation system or platform. And we need to get that done right now because we're losing sales as a result. It can be pretty easy for, for the sales team to simplify that and just think that, come on, like marketing just needs to get these things done. Mm-hmm. But there's still just one budget at the end of the day for any company or any hospital or anyone. And so if, you know, un- unless marketing has been able to 
demonstrate the value of what they've done in the past, a marketing budget doesn't necessarily go up just because the sales team wants it to. So tell you what, this crazy idea. What if the sales team helps the marketing team build the business case and demonstrate the value of things that they've done in the past? Crazy thought, right? Teamwork. We could collaborate and, and actually think about ways that that budget has been spent in a good way in the past. And that's a lot more likely for something good to happen as a result. So really, truly off the top of my head there. Five seconds. Look at that. Nice job. Yeah, that's why we freestyle. It is. That's why we grab this mic and we freestyle. Okay, so, all right, Peter, you're, you're up here. So marketing budget from the product development. Oh, all right. Here we go. Product development. Two minutes on here for marketing budget. Okay, so here's the thing. I think, um, I think there's a lot of organizations, a lot of companies out there that – don't have a good relationship between marketing and, and product development. And I think that the more that they can that they can work together, I, I think you can better make better use of a marketing budget based on what product development is telling marketing. So I think I don't think that the hand the hands are, are being held together. Actually I have a good friend that works at a at a company and he he did tell me this. He did say that he, He's an engineer, and he cannot get with communications and and sync up what their schedule is to what marketing schedule is. And it, it was it's it's unbelievable to me because this is a pretty big company, and you know, and it's funny because his team, the engineering team, the product development team, will give marketing key points on on certain products, and marketing decides to only use maybe one or two of them. And so there's not synergy there, and that's unbelievable to me. And then how do you how do you come up with a marketing budget based on when you can't even get your your two teams speaking together? And I, I'm probably talking about a lot of companies across the U.S., right, big and small. But I, I couldn't believe it when he told me that. And I think that I, I think when you're coming up with a budget. You almost have to have everybody in those two teams in a room saying, "Okay, here's what the year is going to look like. Here's what the marketing plan is going to be. What's what's the flagship product? What are the supporting products? That kind of a thing." And only then can you make a budget. I don't know. That's kind of where I'm. That's just off the top of my head. And and using a real life situation, I added it. And I went over again. This is two weeks in a row. I went over. You know, but that one was barely. Like that was. Was it okay? I, I think maybe I started it too early or something. You know. Anyway, <laughs> I don't feel so. as bad. But I wonder if you know honestly what I just want to ask this really quick. If you are in this situation, can you just hit us up and let us know that because I I couldn't believe it when he told me that. I was like, really? That is amazing that that happens. Yeah, and if so, like, have you overcome that too? Yes, I mean, yes. Don't just tell us you have the problem. Tell us maybe how you've maybe how 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 you implemented a solution, or if you're still working through that. I yeah. love it. Well done. I, Thank you. I, just, that was a tough one, but uh, I will say that was a good one. Thank you. You're yourself as well. I think we're we're realizing, yeah, a lot of these topics aren't necessarily that, that easy just to to actually put ourselves in other shoes. Hey, you know, we're gonna do it anyway. Right. That's that's the way to do it. I love freestyle. I love it. So there we go. I mean, I, I think that there's no other way to kind of put, you know, put the perfect little ending on this segment. So we're just going to say thanks. Yeah. We're going to say thanks to everybody. Where can they find us? Let's see. Are we on Twitter? Yes. At Healthcare Wrap. Are we on the World Wide Web? Yes. HealthcareWrap.com. Dot com. Yes. There we and go. And 
We are on iTunes, or Apple, right? Apple iTunes. Leave us a, a review. We really would appreciate it so that we, in the spirit of continuous improvement, we can keep getting better. And you can tell us what we're doing good and what we're doing, or we can make some improvements. I was going to say bad, but I don't like saying that. So thank you again from rain-soaked Arizona. Indeed. And thanks again, uh, Peter, for your co-hosting Wisdom and Knowledge. (laughs) And thank you for your hosting Wisdom and Knowledge. And thank you listeners for tuning in. And in the meantime, that's a wrap.